Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and join me as ever for a look ahead to the Scottish Games this weekend is Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? I've just about recovered from having to watch Dundee for St Johnson last night. <laughs> Did you Very, very bleed? tough watch. It was. It was absolutely appalling. Um, I feel sorry for the poor ball, actually. The poor <laughs> ball has got kick lumps out of it. And I do think last night, probably a world record in the number of times a ball was headed in a match. It was head tennis the whole match. Pretty happy for Scottish football, was it? Oh, it was horrible. It was windy, the pitch was dry. It was just a horrible, horrible watch. Yeah, it was a bit, of a bit of a strange night in Scottish football. Not a lot of goals last night at all. No, and do you know what? You laugh about the weather and the weather impacting games in Scotland, but I think there's any wind at all in any match it should be postponed. <laughs> the wind gets above 10 knots, the game's postponed. Just from a spectacle point of view. Yeah, it just, it just totally ruins it. And last night was a prime example. There's been quite a few games this season where the wind has just totally killed matches. Yeah. And it's absolutely no surprise that when that happens, it tends to kill the goal count in, in a ha- lot of games. Having said that, you must be absolutely thrilled that St Johnson got a point last night, the first in 10 games, is it? Do you know what? I actually wasn't. Um, <laughs> we really should have won last night in terms of getting three points. It's going to be a long slog between Dundee and St Johnson to see who finishes in the mm. spot in two places. But two, two very, very poor teams. But... Yep. There's about four or five days left the transfer window. I think we're going to bring in at least three players over the coming days. So it's all about being positive at the moment. <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Saints fans expect three or four signings before the window shuts. Uh, we'll come on to both St. Johnson and the shortly. Um, speaking of St. Johnson, Liam Gordon was one of your tips last night to get a card. Yeah, I think Paddy Power. I, I don't know who places Paddy Power player card markets in Scotland. Um, maybe it's Stevie Wonder, but they are so far off in terms of what the actual price should be. So the, the lines you're getting at Paddy Power are far, far better than anywhere else. McBookie, Bet365, they're pretty on the ball when it comes to pricing up players in Scotland for cards. I think last night, um, Liam Gordon was 2-1 to one with Bet365. Paddy Power had about 5-1. to one. Mm-hmm. He's St. Johnson's centre half. He's the club captain. He's been booked in three of his last six matches. The five to one is just too big. It's too big to refuse. And that was this case last night across all the markets and all the player cards last night at Paddy Power. So I don't know if it's laziness or incompetence, probably a bit of both, but it's definitely worthwhile keeping an eye out on player cards in Scotland through Paddy Power. Yeah, we'll take advantage of it, even if it is laziness or incompetence. Um, so that was a good shout. And that was off the back of a fairly decent uh, podcast last weekend. Yeah, the Scottish Cup special last weekend. We had Devon, I think both Dev and I, um, really strong in St Mirren. They won 2-0 at air to progress. 6-4 to four was the, the call, went off at 4-5. to five. And I think my main one was also St Mirren to qualify. That was tipped at 4-5 to five and actually went off at 2-5. to five. Mm-hmm. So again, we'll keep repeating the same stuff, but getting those games up early, uh, what a difference it makes. People are scampering about on Saturday morning getting two to five, yeah. where members are getting four to five on the Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Aberdeen, Dundee double came in as well. And Cove Rangers performed really well at, at Easter Road, done really well, really unlucky to, to go out the way they did to an extra time goal. They got five corners, I think, in the end, Easter Road. So mm-hmm. three at 11 to 10. 
So, all in all, yeah, it was a really good podcast last weekend. Yep, hopefully more of the same this week. We're going to have a look at the, the card across Scotland and, uh, yeah, a bit of a rarity, I suppose. We've got six Premiership games all on Saturday. Just a pity almost that the, the Ross County Rangers game is a 12.30 kickoff and they're not all three o'clock kickoffs. But that's where we'll start. Um, it's a lunchtime visit to Ross County for Rangers. Um, and this should be quite an interesting one, Greg. I think Ross County probably overperforming in terms of the goals that they're, they're scoring. I think in terms of goals, they are probably top four. Yeah, top four in the league in terms of goals, but goals against are bottom two. Um, so certainly a team that got a threat going forward, but just concede too many at the back. Definitely defensively is the Achilles heel for Ross County. As you say, second worst defensive record in the league, conceding pretty much every match. They'll be devastated last night to have been leading at Tannadice. one nil up with what? 20 minutes to go and losing a late goal to lose 2-1. They also lost in Livingston last weekend in the Scottish Cup. But they'll be pleased to be back home. Um, Ross County's home games have been leading the goals this season. Mm-hmm. I think we've got 7 out of 10 home games over 2.5 goals. Both teams to score has landed in 8 of those 10 games. And I think they've now scored in 9 consecutive home games, Ross County. So very much an attacking threat. Charles Cook, I believe, top goal scorer now in the league or one of them anyway, scored again last night. And they play a Rangers side who, I guess, just kind of not going through the motions, getting the job done, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They got the job done last night at home to Livingston. I guess as a Rangers fan, you're probably expecting them to, to cruise to a 2 or 3 no win in that match. But credit to Livingston, who are having a pretty good run at the moment, um, made it tough for Rangers. I do think they're missing players as well, Rangers, at the moment, in terms of creativity. And that probably stood out last night and it may be the case again this weekend up in up in the Highlands against Ross County. I do think Rangers will win this match but I think at the moment looking at Ross County's corner performances this season they've now hit four or more corners now in nine of their last ten games. They've hit four or more in seven consecutive home games. So there's definitely a scope here on Ross County corners and it's really just a case of understanding what's the best approach. So you're getting 11 to 10 Sorry, no, five to four, sorry, on Ross County to hit four corners on Saturday, mm-hmm. which I don't think is the worst of shouts. But I'm going to play it a little bit safer and take Ross County to hit three corners and for there to be at least two match goals. And that pays four to five with bet three, six, five. Yeah, I think the, the over two and a half goals angles, my really good one, Rangers have scored 17 in the last four. Ross County, in fact, have scored four or more in those last four. And just looking at it this weekend, they are four to one to score over three and a half again against Ross County, which is a long shot, isn't probably the worst long shot when they couldn't given Ross County's defensive record this season. No, definitely. Uh, I just think the fact that Ross County do concede so many goals, especially at home, you'd, you'd expect Rangers to score at least twice here. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, shy away from Ross County getting on the score sheet themselves. Yeah. No, I was going to say that Rangers have only conceded one in their last nine and it's kind of back to the way they were under Stephen Gerrard last season. Um, just very, very tight at the back, not allowing teams opportunities. But this isn't really one that you would single out for a, a Rangers win to now that we enjoyed so much last season. No, I wouldn't expect this to be tight at all. Um, I just think that in this match, we should definitely see at least two goals scored here. I think the corner angle is probably the right approach to take. Yeah. I don't think there'll be lots of goals, but there'll be at least two. Okay, Okay. so the bet for you then is Ross County over two and a half corners and two match goals in the game? 
yeah, that's four to five. Four to five. Okay, next up, <laughs> St. Johnson, as I say, there must have been at least some fanfare for a point last night, Greg, your first in 10 games. Still no goal, right enough, and I suppose the question is, can St. Johnson now know their way to safety? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> to see this be nil nil. I think what you've got to remember here is we have scored three goals in our last 12 matches, which must be one of the worst for any top flight club in any country in the world. I have in my notes here, if St. John, if St. Johnson was a striker, you probably wouldn't sign him, to be fair. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> so that's nine terrible. games. Nine games we've failed to score in our last 12. We did not look like scoring last night. Um, it was, again, another really tough watch. Lack of any sort of creativity in that team. Shifshi went off injured, which is a big blow. He went off after seven minutes. Yeah. And we're playing an Aberdeen side. He'll be delighted to be back at Pataudry. Aberdeen's away form is nothing short of scandalous. 1-1 in 12. That, for me, is just unacceptable. They've won one game in 12, nine defeats, two draws, and one solitary win. And that win came against St. Johnson, so that doesn't count. <laughs> so they'll be, they'll be glad to be back at Pataudry, where they've done really well this season. I think they've now won six, drawn one and lost one in their last eight. They drew the Rangers last weekend, hitting some pretty decent corner numbers. They've beaten Hearts, they've beaten Hibs. So they're in really good shape at Pataudry. And you'd have to say the 7-10 to 10 on the home win looks pretty solid, to be fair. Um, I think. The only thing that puts me off of St. Johnson's record there, I think, is that one, only one defeat in the last five visits to Pataudry. It's a place we've done really well over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, even when McInnes was there, obviously he was there for a long time at Aberdeen. But we always got at least one result a season up at Aberdeen. You've already um, had that. <laughs> and we've had that this season, yeah. We've already had that. So that was a Stevie May goal. That was, a, that was his, probably his last goal, to be fair. So I just think in this match here... Trying to make a case for St Johnson is really difficult given how lack of a goal threat we are. We don't have a goal scorer. Shifty's out injured. I don't think there'll be any new bodies in before Saturday's game. So Aberdeen at home, I think, looking at their corner stats, Aberdeen doing pretty well, to be fair. They have hit five or more corners now in nine of 11 home games. They hit six v Celtic, six v Rangers. Fairly certain they can hit at least six against St Johnston on Saturday. And I think that's probably the angle to take is Aberdeen over 5.5 corners and Aberdeen double chance. And that gives us an even money shot. Yeah, I think having the, the double chance on your side is probably safer. It kind of feels like it's two steps forward and one step back for Aberdeen at the moment. It really is. They're, they're, they're away form. It's just it's so, so poor. And you don't expect that from an Aberdeen side, who tend to travel pretty well. But yeah, Pataudry is their saving grace at the moment. They probably have one of the better home records in the league. And I think the, the Don's faithful will be fully expecting yeah. a, a home win. And if they don't, then it puts the pressure right back on Stephen Glass. Yeah, I mean, they've allowed, they've allowed Indy United to catch them on points again. You know, they're, they're both levelling points, battling for that top six space, a place which isn't where you thought Aberdeen were going to be at this stage of the season. No, there, there's so many clubs like that this season in the league who have totally underperformed. St Johnson obviously being the biggest one. I think nobody expected them to be bottom. Yeah. More a case of them challenging top six. Hibs have been disappointing. Yeah. They're sitting mid-table. We'll get on to Hibs. They're not scoring goals. Aberdeen have been massively disappointing as well. Obviously, a few clubs have overachieved, and you could say that Hearts have, and Motherwell have as well. 
But yeah, there's definitely a lot of teams in the league at the moment this season who are underperforming. Yeah. Okay, so in that Aberdeen game, it's Aberdeen over five and a half corners and Aberdeen double chance at even money. Yes. Okay, next up we've got Celtic v Dundee United. Um, a massive win for Celtic at Tynecastle last night, especially when you consider there are McGregor, Turnbull, Rogic, Kyogo, Maeda, Idiguchi, uh, and so on. Uh, a bit of a kind of makeshift midfield, I suppose, in terms of new guys coming in. So important that they won ahead of the Rangers game next midweek. Um, and I think probably fans probably thought Hearts was the biggest game of the week this week for Celtic, but you know it means nothing if they don't go in and win against Indy United on Saturday. It's the old cliche, every game's a cup final now for Celtic. It really is. Old firm game next Wednesday. Really looking forward to that. And that's a game again Celtic can't afford to lose that old firm match. But you have to fully expect them to to, to, to see Dundee United off on Saturday at 1-8. to eight. In my notes this week, I've just written down no bet. I think trying to get an angle in this game, the value in corners is, is, is long gone now. You could back 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 Celtic corners every game and it, it'll probably come in, to be fair. But I'm not keen on having to back Celtic to get nine corners at 4-5. to five. No. It's, a, it's a big line to hit. And... There'll be times they don't hit that. So I think for me, I'm going to leave this game out. The handicap's minus six for corners. So you're really needing 12 match corners to get anything remotely close to evens. So I just think maybe there might be a bit of value looking at Dungeon United at 16 to 1 to win the match in terms of their corner count. They might hit three at evens. But yeah, I think the, the boats maybe sailed a little bit on getting value in Celtic corners. They hit 10 last night against Hearts. But at home, they've hit double figures in quite a few of their games, and they're hitting well, what, 10-plus corners a game at home? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the corner market's definitely getting squeezed. Now, one that did kind of interest me was um, Celtic first-half corners, and just I think it's been a feature of Celtic's games lately is that they've kind of come out the traps flying, and they've taken an early lead, but they've certainly faded quite a bit in the second half. And just I did a wee bit of digging in, into the stats, and they've now scored 27 first-half goals compared to just 19 second-half goals. So there's definitely a trend there at the moment. Um, where there might be some first half angles on Celtic as opposed to full time angles, um, if people you know dig dig hard enough. Did you like to get a draw here? Start the yeah. Season. yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they've already took a point at Celtic Park, so yeah, massive game for Celtic. As you say, everyone's a cup final. Um, if anything, I'd be looking at the first half markets here rather than the full time markets and see if you can go on some value with Celtic to you know either get a couple of goals in the first half or look at those corner markets. Okay, next up, it's Dundee v St Mirren. Uh, St Mirren, God, I'm almost tempted to say that they're the, one of the forum teams in the league. <laughs> it's just one defeat to six. <laughs> uh, and that was at Ibrox, and they've won their last three. And they've got a pretty decent record at Dens Park, I was looking at. They've won three and drawn two of their last five visits up there. Well, the um, the, the phrase or the word being used is swashbuckling. <laughs> um, that was Dev's wording today on his Pine Bovril. Twitter yep. account. Dib, swashbuckling Dib shouldn't, shouldn't be drinking this early in the day. <laughs> but to be fair to them, it's been a tremendous seven days for Sitmarin. Absolutely fantastic. They've gone to United and won 2 1. They've then knocked Air at the Cup from what was a tricky match, won 2 0. Then to beat Aberdeen at home, 1 0. It was just terrific. So, been a great seven days. As you say, they've got a really good record at Dens. They score goals. They're in really good form coming into this. Jim Goodwin's changed the shape a little bit. It's back to a four at the back now. Look much tighter defensively. 
They travelled to Dundee, and I must admit, Dundee were poor last night. Really, really poor. I don't know where the goals are going to come from for Dundee. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, Lee Griffiths, what a shape he's in. Really? My goodness, the heavily pregnant Lee Griffiths, I may oh, add. He's in some, some size of a boy at the moment. He wasn't great last night. Don't have many attacking options, Dundee. Um, plenty of options for a booking, right enough. They are at home, so that might give them a, a little bit of a an edge, maybe. But you have to say, St Mirren here at 21-10, to 10, look, the value bet here. Not brave enough to take St Mirren. Uh, Dundee will be battling at home. It'll be a scrappy match, probably. But I do fancy, given the form St Mirren are in, I do fancy St Mirren to score. And I do fancy St Mirren to hit at least four corners. And that pays 21-20. to 20 with bet thesis five. Yeah, I think, as you say, the problem for Dundee at the moment is that they, they can't score. Um, you know, when they looked like at the beginning of the season, a team that had goals in them uh, with some of the, the players that they had, but it's just not turned out that way. Um, and I, I guess they'll be happy to have stopped it all last night as well, taking a point at uh, St. Johnson. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Dundee can actually put a run together to get them, you know, in the mix again in terms of trying to avoid the, that playoff place. Uh, so it's a big game for them. Um but yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think getting St Mirren onside is probably the way to go here. Yeah, I, I just think the price in St Mirren's big. I don't think Dundee should be as short as they are. And I think given the start that St Mirren have had since coming back from the break and the last seven days, they'll be full of confidence and I think they can get at least a draw at the ends on Saturday. Yeah. OK, next up we've got Hearts from Motherwell and I'm not sure if there is a battle for third place, but if there was, then this is the game where Hearts can really put that one to bed. Especially at Tynecastle, Hearts have been very, very strong at home this season. They've seen off most opposition there. They obviously should have got a draw last night. They'll be bitterly disappointed to have missed that penalty in the game against Celtic. Yeah. But Motherwell, who I think we've highlighted before on the podcast, away form, very questionable. Don't travel very well, Motherwell. They've lost Tony Watt. Gone off the ball a little bit. They drew 0-0 with Hibs last night, but that said, they went down to 10 men. No surprise they got a man sent off, to be fair. Back <laughs> to the, uh, the Hatchet Man League. But a tough game for Motherwell on on Saturday. It's difficult to try to find their angle here. I think cards looks a good shout. I think Motherwell will probably rack up their standard two or three cards in this game. Hearts will be looking to get back to winning ways. 8 to 11, probably not the worst of prices for Hearts. I wouldn't probably oppose anyone taking them. Based on the Hearts' home form, I just think at the moment Motherwell away from home um, do struggle. A totally different proposition to to the side that plays at at Fur Park. So I'm going to probably look and spend a bit of time between now and weekend going through probably once the car markets come out is trying to find an angle with cards and corners. But at the moment, that's something I'll be sharing on the channel. Yeah, cards is something you spoke about a lot in the Scottish Premiership this season and Motherwell top the card table at the moment in terms of yellow cards. Uh, they're averaging 2.64 per game and that rises to 2.8 away from home. So, yeah, that might be an angle worth exploring a wee bit further. And that's only because um, Bobby Madden can't do his job. <laughs> so, Bobby Madden last night, I think both Dev and uh, David Weatherston have highlighted that in his matches sometimes, he just lets everything go. You expect the ref to apply the laws of the, rule, the rules of the game to the match, but last night Dundee could have had two or three players easily booked last night. Uh, so it's probably worthwhile just mentioning that anyone betting on card markets and Bobby Madden's a referee, just be careful. 
Well, yeah, I mean, the stats bear that out. He's uh, got the lowest average number of cards per game in the, of all the Premiership referees on 2.75 per game, um, having refereed 12, which is just as many as Willie Collum. Um, which is the highest in the, the league. So there you just go. On, yeah. Just on that card market piece, uh, Skybet do total cards, like they do for total goals, special. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. do total cards. Now, last night, the market was set at 200 points for the five matches. So that's four points a game if you average it out across the five games. So that's, uh, sorry, 40 points per match. Mm-hmm. So 10 points per booking. I think last night... There was six cards at Hearts, there was five at Fur Park, there was five at Tannadice, there was two in Perth, and I think there was also a good few, there was four at Ibrox actually, two apiece. So I think it finished 22 bookings, including Reds, over the course of the games last night, which was 220 points, which paid 11 to 5. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad market to look at, being the fact that most of the matches in the Premiership in Scotland are averaging well over 4.5 cards a game. Yeah, caveat being as long as Bobby Madden's having a week off. As long as Bobby Madden's not <laughs> left. Um, he did beat Liam Gordon's, thankfully, but he, he could not. I think Liam Gordon completely t- took out um, Neil McGinn. So, <laughs> just something to be, be mindful of. Yeah. Okay, last game we've got in the Premiership is Hibernian v Livingston. Um, not quite sure what to make of Sean Maloney's Hibernian. Yeah, I think we were all fairly impressed by the appointment, um, but they've struggled to score goals in the last three games and they've lost Martin Boyle. Now he's moved to Saudi Arabia. Uh, and they just look, you know, they don't look as if they've got the same goal scoring threat without him. They don't. What I would say is it's, it's definitely not Sean Maloney's Hibs. I think he's still trying to deal with Jack Ross's side. And as you say, they have lost Martin Boyle, who's their biggest and best player, to be fair. Yeah. And their yeah. biggest goal threat. Gets them up the pitch, scores goals, creates goals. So it's probably no surprise to see them struggling. But as you say, no goal in three in normal time. We said last weekend to oppose them at home to Cove. And I hope people did. I hope nobody was back in Hibs last weekend at 1-7 or 2-9. They, they went off it eventually. This is another game... I feel like I repeat myself every week, Hibs are at home. But when Hibs are at home at 8 to 11, that gives me the fear. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely could not be back in Hibs in this match, in the form that they're in, with an 8 to 11 shot against a Livingston side who went to Ibrox last night, competed really well. And what a transformation it's been for Livingston over the last couple of months. Yeah. Big time strugglers look like they'd be involved in that relegation mix. They might still well be that, but they're eight points clear of St Johnston at the moment. Um, they're w- winning games through the next round of the Scottish Cup, competing well last night against Rangers. They will make it very, very difficult for Hibs on Saturday. I think Hibs had most of the ball last night against Motherwell. And that's not just because they got a man sent off Motherwell, but this is probably another game where Hibs will have the lion's share of the ball. And I think there's a couple of angles here, possibly looking at Livingston cards and also looking at Hibs corners. So, again, that's something that I'll share on the channel. Yeah, in terms of long shots, I'm just looking at the Levy price, which is 15 to 4. You know, it's almost 41, which is the same price as St. Johnson to win at Aberdeen. I don't think there's any debate over which of those two you'd prefer to be on at 41. Oh, absolutely. Um, won the Lions. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's maybe another one we'll have a look at on the channel uh, before the weekend, which takes us into the Championship um, and match of the, the day in there, I suppose, is Kilmarnock v Inverness. An absolutely massive match for both sides, sitting second and third in the table. And if 
the fairy tale story of Arbroath isn't to happen, then it's likely to be one of these two guys who take over them at the top of the table. Yeah, match the day for me and my Scottish nap. So I can't see past Kilmarnock here. I think everything's lined up. They've recruited well in the January transfer window. Obviously, they brought in Derek McInnes, which is a big plus. They competed well last week against Dungeon United, took them to extra time. They won at Queen of the South, and I think Derek McInnes' first game. So they're at home. Kilmarnock's home form has been a real problem for them this season. They've really, really struggled at home. Um, lots of sides have come to Rugby Park and won where you'd probably be expecting it to be a bit of a fortress. But I do like the recruitment of Kilmarnock in the transfer window. They brought in Ash Taylor, who Derek McInnes knows very well from his time at Aberdeen. They've also brought in Kyle Lafferty, who probably splits opinion, <laughs> Kyle Lafferty, but ultimately he's coming to score goals and get Kilmarnock back to the Premiership as champions. And they brought in the guy, the boy Tate, from Hibs, who's been at loan, at, I think, at Wraith Rovers for the last couple of seasons. So, in terms of the squad, there's no doubt about it. Kilmarnock have got the best squad in that league. They've got a very, very good manager. And they're playing an Inverness side who have not won in five. So, lots of draws for Inverness. But on the road, struggling a little bit. I just think at six to five, Kilmarnock look at the value bet here to get a very, very important three points. Yeah, quite surprised, and again, maybe just a fitness thing, but Lafferty didn't start last weekend. Um, I don't know what his situation has been, if he's been playing much prior to arriving at Rugby Park. Yeah, I think he came in late on maybe the Thursday or Friday, so maybe a little bit too soon. Like you say, I don't know what his fitness is like and how he's been getting on, but um, you'd expect him to start on Saturday. They've also got... um, Ollie Shaw. Shaw. So I don't know how the the dynamics are going to work. They've also got Chris Burke. So I do think they've got a very good squad, Kilmarnock. But if they want to go up as champions, they've brought Derek McInnes in to do a job. And his remit is quite simple. Get them back to the Premiership straight away as champions. Yeah, Yeah, and I think Lafferty's arrival would give the fans a massive boost. I mean, he scored 13 and 13, although it wasn't enough to keep them up uh, last season. But he would certainly give the whole place a boost, I would think. Yeah, and I think there's money coming in for Kilmanic already anyway. I think they're 10-11 to 11 now to win this match. I think the 6-5 to five was a great place for us to get out on the channel on Monday. In fact, it might even be Sunday, actually, when we got the 6-5 to five out. I would expect this to go off maybe 4-6. to six. I think people are well on board the, the Kilmanic bandwagon at the moment, but that said, they have to win this match. They yeah. can't really. Aff- I'm not saying they can't afford any more slip ups. There's a long way to go, but if they want to go up as champions, they're going to have to win games like this against their rivals. And the way Vanessa are playing at the moment, no wins in five. You have to take Kilmarnock here. Yeah, that's this weekend's nap. Yep, there's still a bit of 21 to 20 available on Kilmarnock, so the price might hold for a wee bit longer. But yeah, you can only see that getting shorter before the weekend approaches. Um, okay, elsewhere in the championship, we've got. Arbroath v Partick Thistle and the Arbroath story is just incredible. Uh, they still find themselves top of the table. They are is it three points clear. Uh, yeah, three points clear of Inverness. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a tricky one against Partick. Both teams just have an incredible record at the moment. Arbroath are unbeaten. Uh, sorry, only one defeat in 16. Thistle only one defeat in 14. Um, so how do you see this one going? Well, I'm going to check the weather forecast first. <laughs> That's for sure. 
because there's any sort of wind at Gayfield, as for those who don't know, Gayfield's probably the closest pitch to the sea in world football. <laughs> um, so I think at the moment, two evenly side, two evenly balanced sides here. I think Abroath, as you say, fairy tale stuff happened for them. I still don't think they'll have it in the tank to stay there. Mm-hmm. And obviously I hope not because obviously I've got Kilmarnock to win the league on the on the channel as a in in season bet that we put up at the start of January. But this match here, Thistle tend to do well away from home. I think the the Hall pitch is a bit of a rugby pitch at the moment. It's a bit of a shambles. Um, I don't know. It's a difficult game to call here. Our both are rightly favourites, but the nine to four on Thistle does appeal a little bit, especially with Brian Graham scoring goals still. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to back against that growth at home, yeah, really just given yeah. the way they're playing. So I don't think I'm brave enough to take this. So I might have been lured at 9-4, possibly. But there's maybe an angle here on looking at patted Thistle corners instead. And that may be the way to go. So again, another one I'll be keeping for the channel and awaiting corner prices. Okay, doke. Anything else in the Championship before we move on? Not really. It's a difficult card. It really, really is. I did look, well, obviously I didn't look. I'm not doing them filming anymore. That, that, <laughs> ship, that ship has sailed. But that's um, bottom view, second bottom at Queen of the South. Yeah. Again, I think you'd get a decent price on them filming in that match. And it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if them filming won that match. But I think, again, it's best left alone. It's quite a difficult card in the Championship. Uh, yeah. And I would definitely leave that. And I definitely can't be backing Ray Throvers away from home in in the league. They're away to Morton on Friday night, I think. Yeah. And again, yeah. that looks like another tough game to call. Just on that, Dunfermline one, I think we're all, maybe not desperate, but we're all expecting, I suppose, Dunfermline to turn the corner at some point this season, but it just doesn't seem any closer now than it was earlier in the season, does it? No, it seems a way, way off. They're in a relegation battle and they'll probably go win a game, lose two, draw one. There's yeah. there no consistency there at all for Dunfermline, which is a bit of a shambles, really, given the squad they've got. Yeah. Okay, into the League One, and one game that we're going to have a look at is Cove Rangers at Dumbarton Cove are now seven points clear. We've kind of touched on how well they did against the Burning last weekend, um, and they just look fairly unstoppable in League One, don't they? They're, I think they've not lost a, a league game since mid-October, 12 games that is, where they've won 10 and drawn two, and they're away to Dumbarton um, on Saturday. And I know they're only 3-5, but that looks like a fairly solid addition to any acker on Saturday? It is. I wouldn't oppose back in Cove. I probably wouldn't be that keen to go for goals in this match. I think we said last weekend, Dundee's trip to Dumbarton. Dundee will probably just do enough to get the job done on a difficult pitch. Dumbarton will make, will make it difficult. And I see that being exactly the same case here. I think I did call out about Cove's extraordinary goal-scoring record in the second half of games. Yeah. I think they scored 78% of their goals in the second half. Um, lots and lots of goals in the last 15 minutes. Mitch Megason and Nori McAllister between them have scored something like 15 goals in the last 10 minutes of games this season. That's, it's got the feel of that here. So I think it's got 1-0 or 2-0 Cove written all over it. But I probably wouldn't be brave enough to take Cove in the handicap or back over 2.5. But Cove to win the match, though, looks pretty solid at 3-5. to five. Yeah. And the other game you wanted to have a look at in this one was Clyde Vialoa. Yeah, just a game that looks good for goals in this match. Clyde at home, most of Clyde's games do have goals. They've obviously got Goodwill Eagle 
probably be hitting 30 goals this season by the end of the season, you'd imagine. Um, yeah, I just think there's probably one for the Akers as well here. This may be something I'll put up in the channel and I'll have a little longer look at, but in terms of goals in this league, this looks a good shout. Some really tricky games, again, in League One. Can I stay clear from League One this week? You've got Montrose v Falkirk. Yeah. Um, still unsure about what's happening at Falkirk at the moment. Still very early to tell. They beat East Fife 1-0 last week. East Fife bottom of the league, though, got a man sent off. A bit difficult to read too much into that. I wouldn't be surprised to see this as a draw. And the other game of the day, you would say, is Queen's Park at home to Airdrie. Am I right in saying Queen's Park still haven't appointed a manager yet? Not that I've heard of. Which I find unbelievable. Now, that's been three weeks. In fact, it's going to be a month since they um, parted ways. So I'm interested to see who, who, who takes that job. But mm-hmm. it's taken a long, long time for them to appoint a new manager. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Obviously very ambitious, so maybe they're just determined to get the right person on board. Okay, we'll move into League Two, and dare I mention Kelty Hearts after they disposed of St Johnston in the Scottish Cup last weekend? (laughs) No, I think we need to congratulate Kelty Hearts. I think everyone knows they are going to be a League One side next season. I think we all knew they would romp to the title. Now they're only seven points ahead, they've got a game in hand, they are head and shoulders above everybody else in that league. Their home record is pretty solid, they've won seven, drawn three, not lost at home yet, playing from our side who have lost three goals at Stirling Albion, three v Forfar, three v Albion Rovers and three v Edinburgh City all in recent weeks. So again it's, it's one of these games for, for Kelty Hearts, how many goals will they win by? Now, I think last week or the week before, we had Kelty Hearts to score in both halves at 11 to 10. And we're getting that again here on Saturday, which I think looks pretty solid. Kind of glad that they lost up at Elgin during the week, Kelty Hearts. I don't think Kevin Thompson will be too happy about that. Great getting through in the Scottish Cup. And it was a fantastic win for them last weekend against St Johnston. And they've got a trip um, for their efforts. But I think they'll be looking to get back to winning ways here. And they're playing us from our side, who shipped plenty of goals. And 11 to 10 for Celtic to score in both halves. It's, it's, I guess you just have to take it on, don't you? Yeah, and it's something that's happened in 12 of 20 Celtic Hearts games, so 60% of their games. And just looking at their, their spread of goals 49% are scored in the first half and 51% uh, in the second half. So that's pretty much bang on if you if you're want to take this bet on. Yeah, I can't see past it really. If Kelty Hearts do score in the first half, and I hope they do, then by all means there's a very, very high chance they'll score in the second half. Yeah. Okay, and there's another couple of games where you fancy goals in League Two. Yeah, looking at Aaron's games this season, I think Aaron will probably be one of the League Two entertainers, and they host Stirling Albion. So again, I don't think it's a, a massive price. I think it's three to four. For over 2.5 goals in this match, it might get a little bit more somewhere else, maybe a four to five, but it's probably the strongest contender in this league for over two and a half goals in this game. Yeah, there's been plenty of goals in Aaron's games. I think it's 33 in the last seven, so averaging 4.7 goals per game, and a big, big win for them in the Scottish Cup last weekend, uh, winning an extra time against Clyde Bank, which sets up a tie against Rangers for them in the next round. It does, and I feel a bit sorry for Clyde Bank. They were seconds maybe minutes away from another scalp and a, a place in the hat for the next round and they lost two was it two last minute goals 
120 minutes they lost, yeah. two goals in to get knocked out. But it was a great story for Clyde Bank, and they, they did really well to get that far, very, very close to making the last 16. But Annan will be delighted to have got through that tricky game, and like you say, they've now got a, I guess, a very lucrative money tie at home to Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so goals in that game, Aaron Beaster and Albion, and you also like with the goals in Albion over three Cowden Beath. Yeah, I think P Podcast you spoke about this game and I think you highlighted the, the lack of goals in this fixture. Yeah, just again, just looking at the head to heads, the last ten meetings has only seen over two and a half land twice, and uh, across those games the average number of goals is one point four per game. So it's not really a fixture that throws up a lot of games, but having said that both teams to score has landed in seven of the last eight Albion Rovers games. Um, and Sterling Albion certainly conceding goals as well. So, yeah, you can read as much as you want into the previous um, fixtures and, you know, the results there. But you quite fancy goals this time round. Yeah, I think Albion Rovers, again, scoring plenty of goals, but defensively very, very weak. I just think it's two teams struggling. Cowden Beath, obviously, bottom of the league, got, got a really good win I think last time about two weeks ago to give them a chance of staying in the division but I just think in this league I think over 2.5 goals has always got a chance and it's a decent price at um, 19 to 20 Yeah, I mean looking at every team in the division they all average over 2.5 goals except Cowdenbeath and Elgin so it's certainly a league that's delivered goals so the over 2.5 market um, is definitely a market worth looking at there Okay, um, you'd also mentioned to me pre-podcast there's a few English tips that you're very keen on this weekend as well. I think League 1 and League 2 have been pretty good to us this season so far. Um, we're now at the kind of halfway point in the season. Once you get to about January time, you've probably got maybe a, a handful of go-to teams that consistently do the business for you. And I think in League 1 and League 2, I think Fleetwood Town at home have been good to us. Actually, a bit annoyed that I missed them out on Tuesday. They drew three all at home to Plymouth. Always good for a goal at home, Fleetwood. Swindon, Swindon's away form in League Two in terms of goal scoring is phenomenal. They're scoring two goals pretty much every game. Uh, both teams to score over 2.5 goals. They travel to Colchester and also very keen on Mansfield, who again are another team who love to score at least two goals. So I'm looking at both all three of these games and I'll be showing them on the channel today. Okay, good. Look forward to that. Um, and that's, I think that's everything for this weekend. Can you just give us a wee recap then of your best bets? Yeah, so starting in the Premiership in Scotland, I'm taking the Ross County Rangers game at half past 12 on Saturday and taking Ross County over 2.5 corners and over 1.5 match goals in that game. And that pays 4 to 5 with bet 365. Then Aberdeen versus St Johnston. Aberdeen over 5.5 corners and Aberdeen double chance. And that pays even money with bet fees at five. Also in the Premiership in Scotland, looking at Dundee v St Mirren and St Mirren to score and over 3.5 St Mirren corners. And that also pays even money with bet fees at five. And I'll be having a look at the Hearts v Motherwell match and Hibs v Livingston on the bet builder for cards and corners. Scottish nap this weekend comes from Rugby Park in the Championship. So Kilmarnock at home to Inverness, and I'm taking Kilmarnock to win this match at six to five. It's now twenty-one to twenty. I think ten to eleven in some places, but we've got six to five at the start of the week, and that is this weekend's Scottish nap. And finally, I'm taking Kelty Hearts to score in both halves at home to Stranraer at eleven to ten. 
Good stuff. Now, don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg. And if you're not already a member of his private channel, where you can get daily tips direct to your phone, then visit gambler.co.uk for all the details of how to join us there. That's us for this week's podcast. We'll be back next week where I believe David Wellison is going to join us. Greg, is that right? He is indeed, yes. So we can can look forward to that. Uh, And it just remains for us to say thanks very much for listening and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Yes, thank you. Good luck. 